Hey everybody, it's the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast and uh, big week in sports and life and comedy and all that. I um, Two shows canceled today. Uh, not actually, one show canceled and the other show was like not, I was supposed to do a guest spot at uh, Helium Portland for Andy Woodhull, but I can't get a hold of the club and I don't want to drive all the way to Portland and uh, not do a show. I've reached the point in my life where I can't drive three hours to get bumped from a show. Um, anyway, I had I did my second. I'm doing three straight weekends of shows in the Capitol Hill area. I did one uh, last week, and if you want to hear about it, I, uh, I think it's on the Substack. You can subscribe. There's maybe a link in the show notes. I should start putting a link in the show notes to the Substack. Every week, a new uh, 20, 25-minute solo episode. This is going to be a solo episode. I've been, uh, you know, my wife is pregnant. I'm a busy comedian. I've got a lot going on in my life, and I have not scheduled guests. Got to get better at it. Haven't uh, put enough effort into it. Here we are, talking to you alone. At least this time, it's not me driving around in my car. That's maybe a little bit better. Arguably not, to be honest with you. I did a show at the Central Cinema uh, Theater. And that's a place that I have wanted to perform since I started doing comedy. They had a show there for years, pre-pandemic. That was like a really cool looking show, really amazing space. And actually, I think that might have been its second location, but it was just so cool. And it's this really cool, like it's a cool, one of these cool movie theaters that I wish every city had. Small towns should have them too, especially towns the size of Tacoma where I live like why the ones that serve alcohol and food you can put your they have like a QR code at the table you can order food and have it brought to you you don't have to walk out to buy concessions and we're all adults like here's the thing folks is I've been drinking alcohol in theaters this whole time I just have been doing it illegally I've just been not giving it to the fucking giving the money to the to the theater I've been buying a coke and pouring Jack Daniels in it or or uh when the movie Beer Fest came out, I remember, which is, by the way, underrated movie, um, Broken Lizard, which are the folks that made Super Troopers and all that. When that came out, we snuck a full, between four people, one woman, uh, three men, we snuck, and she had a purse, but she probably only snuck eight beers in, and we snuck a full 24 pack in and got quite intoxicated. Because uh, she didn't even like beer. So what a hero, by the way. My friend, my best friend in high school, his uh, his girlfriend, who was this really amazing lady, she was the manager of a movie theater. And I, the movie theater is either closed or she certainly doesn't work there anymore. I can't imagine any of the same people work there. But uh, I remember one time... We were all, this is like when you're bored and you're young and you have nothing to do. You have nothing going on in life. And you're like, at my level of, I was like a no prospects, working fucking manual labor, not going to college. Like, you're not 21 yet. You're just like, you've got one place to go that's like a good source of alcohol. We're drinking at my buddy's house. And his girlfriend goes, because she's the manager of this movie theater. She's like, I could open the theater and we could watch one of these fucking Marvel movies. Like, the, I mean, this is like an early 2000s Marvel X-Men. I think it was X-Men. I don't know if that's Marvel or the other one, but it was, I think it was one of the X-Men movies. 
We go to this movie theater and we watch X-Men and I don't give a fuck about X-Men. I was just there to get fucking hammered. And we're like, accidentally, we're like setting beers down, but it's one of these movie theaters where the it's stadium seating, but the um, one of the beers tips over and starts rolling and you get to hear it fall down every every seat. This is my, my point is, is we're drinking at movie theaters, okay? We're doing the drinking. Now, do you want to collect money on it or do you want to clean up clean up the beer bottles and not collect the income on it, movie theaters? Get some fucking get some fucking uh beers to sell to us. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't have to be fancy, although I do like a nice, like fancy cocktail while I'm watching a movie also. I don't even need to get drunk, by the way, but just like the idea of casually drinking a cocktail while you're watching a movie is very nice. Uh I would rather pay for it than sneak my own alcohol in, which is I don't buy candy. I like to bring my own. Oh, fuck. That's not even true. I do. I don't even I'm, I don't even do that anymore. I do buy my own candy at the movie theater. Stupid. It's stupid. But I should be bringing gas station candy in still. One time my wife and I, we were like, we're going to have something kind of healthy as a snack, not candy. We're going to bring it into the movie theater. And we brought in uh, poke. <laughs> and if we had only ever had poke like on our own, you know, like at a restaurant that's already serving poke in there, or we bring it home. And what became very obvious the moment we opened this poke in the movie theater is how much it smells like fish in a place where there's no fish being served at all, where fish is no part of the aromatic melange of <laughs> aromas is how distinctly it was like, who the fuck opened a fish container in here? I think we had them open for a combined 15 seconds and threw them away, left them sealed, threw them away after the movie because can't be those people. I mean, that's like being a person who brings fish on a fucking airplane. And I love pokey. I'll fucking eat the shit out of pokey, but you can't bring it into a movie theater. It was a mistake on our part. We made a miscalculation. Uh, Anyway, so Central Cinema, this comedy show was really fun. I had um, um, I didn't get to pick the openers, but I got I got dealt a good hand. The uh, producer is a guy named I think Dane Hessendahl is how you pronounce it. I should look that up actually. Let's make sure I'm pronouncing his name correctly because he's a good dude, a good dude, and a really he's a I told him this too. He's a serious comedy person, which we don't have enough serious comedy people in Seattle. There's too many people who treat. Uh, who treat uh, comedy like it's community theater. And I, yeah, he's not one of those folks. Let's make sure it's Dane Hessendahl and I'm not pronouncing it wrong. Dane. Come on, Dane. I'm trying to get to your name here. Come on, Dane. Dane Hesseldahl. Not Hessendahl, Hesseldahl. Uh... Yeah, so he's the new producer of the comedy show at Central Cinema. And the reason I was excited to do the show, the biggest reason is uh, I had been trying to do that show for the entire time I've been doing comedy. It's such a cool venue. The posters are always amazing. And the the people who used to book the show, they also used to do this thing that I always, they had like a, you would like, they'd have like a get to know your comics thing and you would get, they'd people would fill it out. I guess I did. I forgot that this is part of what I wanted to do. They would ask like, what's your age? Where are you from? How'd you get into comedy? Like this kind of like 
generic questionnaire and comedians got to be funny the way they answer questions on it. And I never got to do it when they were doing that, but that's fine. I'd still rather, I'm, I'm glad I got to do it when I did. I'm glad I did it with Dane instead of the previous uh, producers, which isn't to say, I think Dane's still in good standing with those producers, but those dudes would, this is like one of those things where like, uh, there's a combination of in Seattle, it's like justifiable in a lot of people's minds to not like, up oh, not booking white dudes this show. I think I've said it on this podcast before, but I've literally had comedy producers say like, I'm not booking any more white guys until July. Sorry. Which is better than them just not doing it and not saying it, making you feel like you're a shitbag comedian uh, because they don't tell you the truth, that they are, whatever, discriminating on the basis of race, sexuality, and gender. Uh, anyway, because um, I'll tell you this, they were booking trans white dudes. I'll tell you that much. It was it was cis white dudes. No, It was like we got to add a bunch of fucking qualifiers, but no cis uh, hetero what is that cishet cishet i don't know how to pronounce that i've seen it a lot c-i-s-h-e-t um yeah nobody (laughs) there's this argument that like trans women are women trans men are men and they i believe that uh i'm fine with that but the people who believe it the least are the people booking comedy shows because they definitely don't think they're the same when it comes to booking them on uh on comedy shows um by the way these are always the like incredibly progressive bookers that very obviously don't believe that they're actually the same uh anyway i couldn't get on this show at first i would get like i'd send a fucking video i'd be like hey i'm getting better here's a video uh i don't care i just did i didn't care what time i just wanted to do the show it seemed like such a cool venue and I just wanted to perform on the show, and I never got to. I would send these videos, and they go, oh, yeah, maybe we'll get you on soon, blah, 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 this, like, lip service bullshit. Eventually, they stopped responding, and then eventually they stopped even fucking reading the the message. It's like seven years of trying to get booked on the show. Not quite seven, but it was a long time. And then finally I heard it, and I was at a point I was, like, pissed. I was like, fuck these dudes. I'm never even going to try and I'm going to use this as an opportunity to never support these dudes because the, so much of comedy is just people who you have been cool with in the past also progressing and you all help each other along the way. Uh, I know some comedians. I know one guy in particular that I'm thinking of that's very funny, certainly funny enough that he could be booked on a lot of stuff. But he was like very much like decidedly out for himself, willing to fuck anyone else over, no regard for his fellow comedians. In fact, I would argue like disdain for his fellow comedians, constantly talking shit about other comedians to them behind their backs in all cases. And that dude has like gone, bounced from Seattle to LA to Austin, Texas, probably has spent some time in New York and has just like disappeared from comedy. And he feels like comedy... Like, him being funny should be enough to fucking transcend all of the shitty way he's treated other people. Uh, And he's wrong. And to me, there's like a version of that that's this dude who's like a literal proud boy who, again, he's funny, but he's like alienated other people from liking him, basically, in many ways. And not just 
not just people who are like left wing and he's I don't, he's not by the way he I, I don't think he's a proud boy anymore but I'm not even making that like I for me like that's not even the least endearing thing about him I guess I'm more comedian than anti proud boy because that was a great by the way I can't remember if it's Chappelle or Dave Rock but they're or Dave Rock Chappelle or Chris Rock but uh they they were talking about one of them. I think it might have been Chris Rock, but he was talking about. Um, now I think it was Chappelle, but he was talking about Michael Richards, the uh, the infamous Laugh Factory set where he did. He got mad at some folks and then started screaming the N word at him over and over again. One of those guys. God, now I want to figure out who it is. I should have this, you know, we'll get the video going and I would just play the video and that would be probably a lot more entertaining. But um, he goes, I watched that and I was like, oh, that N-word's having a bad set. And he goes, that day I found out I'm more comedian than black person or I'm comedian first than black person second, something like that. And that's, uh, yeah, that's like, I I guess how I feel about uh, comedians, which is like the I don't, in fact, maybe a, a more sanitized version of that is, uh, and I was talking to somebody about this, I think it might have been Dane, actually, but he was, t- uh, Doug Stanhope, in his book, wrote like, you know, about how Dane Cook sucks. I was talking to Dane Hesseldahl about how uh, Doug Stanhope wrote in his book that Dane Cook sucks, and then a bunch of people started trying to make it basically like turn against Dane Cook on Doug Stanhope's behalf. And he wrote like a newsletter or something that, and he said like, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Dane Cook sucks, but if we were at an airport, I'd probably rather talk to him than you because they probably have more in common. Dane Cook and him probably have more in common. They've done the same clubs. They've had bad interactions with the same bookers. They face the same struggles on a weekly basis. And that's, Kind of, yeah, that's my justification for not hating this dude for having once, like, marched with the Proud Boys. I did ask him why. I will say that. And I'm not saying his name on purpose because he's like, if if you're a comedian listening to this, you probably know who it is. Uh, if you're a Seattle area comedian listening to this. If not, I don't. we don't need to fucking go after this dude. He's been nice to me in the past. I asked him why he did this shit with the Proud Boys. And he goes, uh, he's like, yeah, man, I'm just like, I have writer's block bad. I needed to do something. I got to shake my life up somehow, which is funny. Like, that is a funny justification for doing that. Doing a thing that he obviously, it was going to be unpopular in the Seattle comedy scene. Like, he had to, he knew that. He had to know that. Um, why did I, how did I get to that dude? Oh, so I'm not supporting these dudes, these guys that were booking it because it's like, I, there's like enough people. I've been very lucky to meet enough people who are like supportive in a passive way that causes them no harm that does them good. Actually booking me, you know, this is like a, maybe the, the delusion of comedy, but like for me, it's very obvious to me that booking me on your comedy show is a good idea because I'm a good comedian. I am going to make your comedy show better. I see the lineups you're putting out. You want to appease 
inside of comedy. I care about the fucking audience first. Blah, blah, blah. So I finally got to do the show. I sent the new booker. Jesus Christ. I'm fucking 15 minutes in. I haven't gotten to the point of the first part of this. Uh... I finally got to do the show. I sent the bookers a message and I was like, Hey, I'd like to do the show. And I was like, I'll feature, I'll do a fucking guest spot. I just want to get in this theater. And they go, do you want a headline February 2nd? And I was like, yes, yes. I didn't even ask what it paid. Yes, I do. I need to fucking exercise this demon. So yes, regardless of the price. Yes, I do. And I got to, and it was fun. Not a lot of attendance. There was like 17 people. It was still a fun show. This place feels like it would be absolutely electric with a full crowd. But, man, it was awesome. Paid well. Thank you, Dane Hesseldahl. If you have any, if you want to fucking support any booker and someone says they pay well, that's someone to support. Um, oh, I can hear my daughter's coming up for a nap. If you want to know what time of day I'm actually recording this, you might be able to hear her. Might have to pause this and say goodnight. All right, folks, exciting news. I paused the podcast. I went downstairs at my daughter's request. I thought she was in her bedroom taking a nap. Turns out she had taken the, well, well, let me give you, I'll set the scene. (laughs) I, I, I leave the podcast studio doors to see what's going on. My daughter screaming out, dada, dada, dada. Can't tell. Is it at the bottom of the stairs? Is it from her room? Where is it from? I realize it's at the bottom of the stairs. I get down. She goes, Dada, I need to show you something. My wife goes, she needs to show you something very important. My daughter pants around her ankles, underwear around her ankles. I know what's coming. You know what's coming. We were, she, I come downstairs. She runs to the bathroom. And she has unloaded an adult man-sized turd into the toilet. Like, it would make me proud to have produced that. This little 35-pound three-year-old put produced a 40-pound shit somehow. She's negative matter now. She's negative weight matter. She's like helium. She weighs less than air at this point. Um. Okay, so... Yeah, it was just, it was very vindicating to get on this show and to, to have it go well. I've got a lot of uh, unnecessary, unhealthy animosity towards people who have like not treated me incredibly well since I started doing comedy. And this was a moment to be like, you guys were wrong the whole time. You were wrong. My, uh, my sister's, my brother-in-law's brother. What is that? What is that? He's like my, my cousin-in-law. How does that, how does that all shake out? Um, anyway, I, there's a whole commotion going on outside of this room right now and I'm trying to ignore it. So yeah, it went well. I, uh, I will say, I feel like Seattle has, and I said this a little bit last week, I think, but it's, I think Seattle's app taken its head a little bit about out of its own ass, like sensitivity wise in the last couple of years. And that's good. Uh, I made fun of them. Uh, I called them Republicans, which was very fun. Uh, they like, it's, I, what, I think that one, two of my favorite things are on stage 
are to call white people racist is fun because uh like yeah, especially in Seattle it's like that's like uh it's like pegging <laughs> like I've, I have this joke about uh my friend having a bunch of dick piercings by the way and I've I've always kind of wondered how it would work like consistently in Seattle and I've done it in Seattle a, a handful of times before this but not in like Capitol Hill and in Capitol Hill I made fun of them because I said my friend had nine piercings in his dick and uh they resp- I watched people like silently gasp because Capitol Hill Seattle is very sex positive and they don't want to be judgmental of other people and so uh they I watched people like gasp and look around to see if everyone else was as disgusted about dick piercings as they are um similar reaction at this other show the 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 other show this show is in one of those neighborhoods central uh cinema is in one of those neighborhoods that's not uh it's cap it's i would call it capitol hill but it's one of those places where they're like very territorial about what is and is not Capitol Hill. It's like we share 99.5% of the same DNA as Capitol Hill. Our politics are exactly the same. We have most of the same chain restaurants and like local regional chain restaurants and grocery stores. Uh, the racial makeup, the sexuality makeup is exactly the same. The gender makeup is exactly the same. But we're way different. We're central Seattle. <laughs> On Capitol Hill is Seattle Central College. Oh, yeah. So before that show, I actually went to um, this pizza by the slice place I like on Capitol Hill on Broadway called Ian's Pizza. And, I mean, this is like, this is a old hat at this point. If you're a, someone talking about Seattle, it's difficult to park up there. It was hard to find a spot. I was worried. I end up parking on the backside of Seattle Central College. It's like a, it's questionable if I'm allowed to park there. They have a lot of these. Um, yeah, so they like, it was like adjacent to a disabled spot. Not exactly a disabled spot. I think I was fine, but you, it's one of those ones where you get out of your car and start going to the thing and you're like, either I will be fine. Either this will be a completely uneventful experience, I come back and my car is still there, or I've just added six hours of trying to track down my car, trying to get home without a car, all that shit to my life. Anyway, I'll spoil it. I still have my car. I didn't get my car towed. But I walk to... I I had the... So I've kind of had this experience where people go like, they're like, Seattle is so fucked up now. And I'm like, it's pretty much the same as it was before the pandemic. There's, I mean, maybe like on average, there's more homeless people out, but there was homeless people back then. Like, it's not like, it's so violent. It's so scary. No, you are scared, but it's not worse. It's not, it's not really much worse. I go to this place, Ian's Pizza that I like, and I go to open the door, door's locked. Sign on the door that says, you can buy slices at the window. And I'm like, fuck, this is annoying. I wanted to like sit down, put my headphones in, write a set list out, uh, maybe think of a couple of new tags on jokes. I was pretty set on having this pizza because I like Ian's Pizza in Capitol Hill. And I go, but I also haven't been to this Ian's Pizza since before the pandemic. And I 
So I open, I go to the window. There's a guy there, and I'm like, hey, man, are you guys, do you think you'll ever reopen like lobby eating? He goes, oh, yeah, probably. We just got robbed at Knife Point two weeks ago, so nobody wants to allow people in right now. And I was like, oh, maybe Seattle is worse. Maybe this isn't complete bullshit. Maybe people aren't <laughs> completely full of shit. Maybe they're not uh, ignorant hillbillies who think that Seattle's that much worse. Maybe it is worse. I don't know if it's actually worse or not, but it was a nice like reminder that I don't know everything. You know, against all odds, I don't know everything. It's upsetting. Um, <laughs> I. It's also funny because I, Ron Hirschberg has a joke about this, but he's like. He's like, what sucks about being a liberal is if I get mugged and stabbed, I have to be like, well, yeah, but he came from a bad upbringing. You can't just be mad at the person. And I I feel like this guy was kind of trying to dance around that. Like, it's horrific and scary and certainly not worth your job at a fucking pizza by the slice place. But also, the guy probably did have a bad upbringing. He had tough, scrabbled life. So I uh, I get my pizza. I have to eat it in my car, which is, um, it's not the perfect pizza eating location by any means. And yeah, that's it. It was good pizza. Capitol Hill's funny. It's just, uh, you know, and then I'm like walking around this campus and I'm like, The thing about a place like that is I I genuinely don't think there's like that many more homeless people around, but because of this reputation, there's you're a little, a little heightened awareness, right? And you see these people, uh, doing heroin when maybe I would have not even noticed they were there before. So, oh yeah, a little bit, a little stressful to walk around there. Normally, I might have cut through the Seattle Central Campus. Instead, stand on the sidewalks, stand where people can see me. I don't need to be stabbed over some pizza, right? Uh, it's just a wild place. It's a wild, wild place. Um, what else do I have? I don't think there's anything else. I have a new podcast coming out. I'll uh, post about it on social media. Want to make sure that we're actually going to record it this week uh, and make sure that we have all the links and shit set up and that we're going to release it because it could be dog shit and we might not want to put it out. So new podcast, sports podcast with my buddy Alex Akita. Far enough into this podcast that I don't feel weird. I was going to open it with this and instead I'm not. It's called Poor Sports. We're going to try to uh, make it a live podcast around the Puget Sound area and then hopefully eventually take it on the road a little bit. But uh it's going to be called Poor Sports. Keep an eye out for it. Try to find it on social media. We're going to try to be, you know, we, I have a new kid coming. So anything I can do to fucking make money doing comedy or entertainment of some kind near home, that's what we're trying to do. So thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you'll listen to that podcast. Uh, you won't be able to search for it now, which is annoying, but it, very soon you will. Um. Follow me at the KC McLean and I will talk to you later.